You're listening to a message from Impact Student Ministry, a middle and high school-oriented production of The Summit Church. Y'all, we got a really, really, really special night tonight. Uh, One of my really good friends, a guy by the name of Josh Bright, he's one of our eighth grade small group leaders here. Um, And where, where are his guys at? Are his eighth grade guys in here? Where are his guys? Come on. Oh, we got a couple. There we go. All right, good. Good. Uh, Josh is going to come out and he's going to share a little bit about his story. Uh, So I want you guys to make some noise and give it up for Josh, who's coming out here right now. Did you guys want him to dance or something? Oh, man. He's already in a tight spot. All right. Well, Josh is here, guys, and uh, we actually had lunch last month, and we were just talking about some stuff, and I was like, dude, what you're sharing right now is so relevant for me, and I'm old. I'm 30. You know, like, it, I, yeah, you guys, see, y'all are like, I'm old, and some of the leaders are like, you guys need to start respecting your elders up in here, okay? Hey, but we had lunch, and we were just talking, and Josh shared some stuff with me. I'm like, man, this is helpful for me right now with some of the things I struggle with in life, with my anger and my frustration and my temper, because I got a bit of a temper. You know, uh, Whitney definitely has a temper, but we love her, and she just had a baby, so we can give her a break, okay? I'm sorry, I'm gonna get in trouble for that. Uh, I definitely will. Hopefully she'll listen to what we're talking about. Uh, But Josh is gonna share some stuff uh, for us here tonight. But first, I wanted to kind of introduce Josh uh, and his family. I think he has some pictures here uh, tonight that you guys will be able to see of his beautiful family. I, I can't see them, so I have to, uh, <laughs> this, this I'm is, assuming they look great and it's flattering. Yeah. <laughs> this is the one uh, of the Easter picture with you and your beautiful oh, yeah. wife. That was, a good pic. that was a good picture. Right, and your daughter, and who's, where is she? Yeah, so that's my daughter, Casey. Uh, come on, she kind of helped orchestrate a lot of this. Put your hand up, Casey, so everybody can see you. Grayson's in uh, D.C. right now, so he's in, he's in Washington, and my wife back there, she's in that picture as well. And then Nick who is not my son, <laughs> but is the life of the party. There he is. Yeah, that's great. I know you get asked that a lot, so that's wonderful. So uh, there's a couple other pictures there of, of Josh's beautiful family. Uh, we love the Brights, and if you guys have any relationship at all with them, if you're any of uh, Casey's girls, right, any of Casey's girls in here? Yeah, absolutely. If you are any of Carissa's girls, any Christmas girls? Yeah, we got a couple up here, right? So uh, we're just so thankful for all that they mean here to our church and just the impact. So we wanted to share a little bit about Josh and about his story. Um, and Josh, I want to go ahead and kick it to you and see if there is, is there anything you kind of want to share with everybody before we kind of get rolling tonight? Yeah, so first I want to say this is the first time that I've ever been in a group setting where I've, I've shared this story. There's a lot of unpacking that I've had to do through the years from the time I was eight years old all the way to now. So there, there's a lot that we're going to go through, a lot you're going to learn about me. And some of it at the very beginning, it may not be relevant to your situation, but just, just hold on and listen, because there's a lot within these stories when it comes to anger, frustration, anxiety, depression that you could relate to. And then if you have questions, find your group leader. And then if you do not want to ask the question, let them ask the question for you, because we're going to be taking questions and at the very end of this, just to maybe help elaborate a little bit on what we're talking about right now, especially within my story. So, but yeah, that's it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get rolling guys. I, I just really thought this was so relevant and on time for us. If you're a senior, if you're a sixth grader, uh, if you are here and you're not, you're not really sure what you believe about Jesus or about God, we're so glad you're here. What we're going to talk about is so relevant for you because we're trying to get you right where you are in middle school or high school. I wish I would have had this advice when I was in middle school or high school, so Josh is going to share uh, some of his story tonight. Again, if you have questions, hold on to them, because we're going to have a conversation with you guys here uh, in about 15 to 20 minutes or so, so you guys will be able to ask some, ask some then. Uh, but Josh, so as we kind of get rolling, uh, tell us some about your childhood, man. So I was born and raised in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Actually born in Norfolk, raised in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And uh, I'm a triplet, so there's three of me. One, I know one that has brown hair, and then of course I have an identical, looks just like me, and two older sisters. My parents were together until I was about the age of 18, so that relationship was kind of off and on, which created a lot of the anxiety, a lot of the anger issues that I had, and some of the depression that, that you know, me and my brothers went through at that time. 
Um, I live obviously here in Kernersville now. My brothers and my family still live in Virginia Beach. Okay. All right. That's great. Uh, growing up, uh, you were really close with your brothers. Yes. Right? And you it, were, we had to. You had to. <laughs> had to dress the same and everything else. But yeah, very close with my brothers. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's good. That's good. Okay. So uh, what, was your, what was your schooling and everything like growing up? Did you go to public school? Did you go to private school? Where, kind, of, kind of where were you with that? Okay. So my, my life was many, many stages. So I started off in what you would consider to be upper middle class type of environment, private school, went to Norfolk Christian Academy uh, up until about the third grade. And, um, and we lived in, in, a, in a large house with a pool and a dog. Well, that, that, that didn't last very long. Uh, part of the second stage as we went through was a transition out of that environment. My mother and father, with their instabilities, with the relationship, created a lot of instabilities within the family. And we ended up moving around quite a bit. So we ended up from Norfolk to Virginia Beach and what I would consider to be a neighborhood that's probably not where a lot of people wanted to live. We live in between naval housing and government housing. Very much gang infested. There was a lot going on there. So, Gotcha. Okay. And then, of course, into public school. From into there, the public schools. In that district. Okay. Which is a whole other situation. But. Okay. Okay. Good. Because I know we got a lot of public school, right? Yeah, come on out, private school. Homeschool! <laughs> All right, that's just, that's just fantastic. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, everybody settle down. Homeschoolers, calm down, okay? You guys have school tomorrow because you're always at home. You always have school. I guess you never get a break. But uh, fantastic. So uh, that was not a burn. That wasn't a burn, guys. Come on. Okay, so yeah, talking about, talking about some of your childhood, uh, you made that transition, right? You said that you were in... Uh, private school, then you had a transition to public school. Public school. So the transition also had to do with the neighborhood transition and transitioning to the kids and the neighborhood and the entire environment. So if you go to a very sheltered environment like what we were in, can't have even a picture of a cat on your shirt going to school to something that's wide open. And, and, and we had to transition into that. And it wasn't easy because in the neighborhood transitioning meant when I was younger, for instance, I was on the side of my house playing marbles, which I know nobody does anymore. That's kind of an old school thing. Oh, I heard one. I think one person gasped. We got one marble fan in here. But okay. uh, so that's what we used to do. And, and I never knew a stranger because I didn't have to. I was in a safe environment at the very beginning. Sure. And two kids with a remote control car, which I've never seen and I thought it was pretty awesome. They uh, come by and I compliment the car. I say, hey, that's, that's an incredible car. Can I play with it? And they're like, oh, absolutely. And they were older than I was, probably a couple years older, and hand the car out. And I went to go grab it. And instead of me getting the car, I got a punch to the side of the face. That's my welcome to the new neighborhood that I was at. The anger that I felt and the anxiety and just, just everything that I, that I had going on at that moment in time, it was confusing. And I didn't know what to do with it. So I just sat there and I looked at them as they walked away, as they turned around, laughed at me, and, and, uh, and, it, and I had to bottle up a lot of this, but then I thought, I was like, hey, I'm going to go tell my dad. My dad's a superhero. He's going to come and he's going to save the day for me, right? Oh, yeah. So I went upstairs and my dad is studying. He was going back to school after losing his business and trying to regain sure. uh, you know, a career back. Sure. And I told my dad, I said, hey, you know, now getting emotional because it's my dad, I'm right there. So I, I've got to put some waterworks on for him. I said, I, said, I was like, dad, and I was just downstairs outside and I, I just got hit. And he looked at me, he goes, well, what did you do? I was confused. I'm like, what, what did I do? He goes, yeah, what did you say to him to get hit? And I'm like, cool car. <laughs> I mean, what, what, I mean that, that didn't, I didn't think it justified getting hit in the side of the head, but, but, it, but it did. Uh, well, in his opinion, it's like, why would you speak to him? And then, uh, so he wasn't helping me. He didn't put on the cape and run outside and toss sure. these guys, you know, four uh, blocks up the road. So uh, I, then I asked my dad, I said, look, if, if, if I get hit, what am I supposed to do? Can I, get hit, can I hit back? Big transition here, by the way. And he said, only if, if you get hit first, you can hit back. Well, in my mind, you know, at the beginning of that boxing match, you hear that ding, ding? Oh, yeah. That, that triggered in my head. Now, the problem is that I didn't know how to handle my anger. I didn't know how to handle the anxiety and the frustrations. So that in itself meant that I need to go look for a way to defend myself. Sure. And always looking for the guys that hit me and always looking for the opportunity. And I was a defender of my brothers. Being a triplet, and I was the largest one out of all of them, and I'm probably one that was almost, they would consider to be fearless, 
it was my uh, it was my duty to be able to look after my brothers Absolutely. at that point. So, Absolutely. How old were you at this time? Uh, gosh, I would have been about eight years old. Eight years old. Eight years old at that time. Um, and during the transition, we were going to, of course, the new public school. Yeah. And we had to walk, which I know nobody has to do now, but we walked a mile and a half to school and a mile and a half back every single day. Not uphills, uphill in the snow, both ways. That's what, that's like what my, dad's always that's say. That's what my dad walked through the said. snow. Oh, in my day, I did this. Yeah. yeah. This is the beach. It was pretty flat. So we, we just, we just walked straight to school. So you interact with a lot of kids back and forth. Sure. And you inter, interact with a lot of kids that have very similar issues that I do, which are anger issues. Uh, and there was one time where we were walking back and this kid named Walter, larger kid, and, uh, he liked to pick on everybody. As we get closer to my house and he's following us, because he was supposed to take a right and he didn't, he kept following us. He was picking on my brother. Now my brother had a lot of back issues. He had a lot of issues. And as we got closer to the house, I see him punch my brother in the back as hard as he can. Knocks him down, my brother loses everything. He's crying hysterically. And anybody ever watched the Christmas story? You know that scene <laughs> where Ralphie had enough? Okay, that, I was Ralphie. Ralphie I had Ralphie's enough. little bit. <laughs> I had enough, that, that, was, that was my first outward expression of my anger. There you go. Did you say any choice words to at that time, you think? Censor. Oh, censor. <laughs> censor. Okay. All right. Censor. That's good. We'll censor that's good. All. Yeah. I probably did. I don't know because like him, I think we just lost our mind for a minute. Okay. Okay. So in, 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 at that moment, I don't know how I got to him so quickly, but I, I laid a beating down to the guy pretty hard. And, and, you know, not something I'm proud of right now, but I didn't know how to express my anger at that point. I bottled it up. I, I remember my dad saying, sure. defend, you get hit first, go after it. So I did, and I, I, I took him down, and I hurt him pretty good, unfortunately. My father was there, and he saw the whole situation out of the door. And when I, when I, when I walked in, he How didn't see go? my brother get hit. He didn't see my brother get okay. hit. He okay. only saw me on gotcha. top of the guy. So when he comes in, um, he asked me, he goes, what happened? What in the world happened? I said, well, Walter hit David, and, and I had to defend my brother. That, that's it. That's what we had to do. And, uh, and he said, well, did he hit you first? And I was like, well, no. He didn't hit me first, but he hit my brother, so I needed to defend him. Right. Well, my punishment back then, we're, we're, it was a – our punishment was, was the belt. Our punishment was a shoe. Our punishment was a hand. Sure. It was physical punishment, and I got punished for defending my brother. Gotcha. So the anger built up even more. Even more. Even yeah. more. And it bottled up. It was like a volcano ready to explode at that right, point. Right, right. So let me ask you this. As you talk about, you know, the story when you got hit in the head, right, because you like somebody's remote control car, right, and then, and then you're standing up for your brother. Yep. And you really wailed on somebody. And this anger and frustration is building up inside of you. What was your relationship like with, with Jesus? Did you know God then? Did you, did, did you have a relationship, a connection with Jesus? Because you know what people always say, if you have a relationship with Jesus, everything's just okay, right? Praise Jesus, oh, everything's good. Yeah, yeah I, I, I wish. I mean, I, I yeah. did have a relationship with Jesus. I went to church all my life. I went to a, a Baptist church, and uh, we went every Sunday. And my relationship, I thought, was pretty strong with him, but I did not know to reach out to him. I just knew of him. He was like a storybook character to me. It was yeah. something that I learned about in Sunday school, you know, Jonah and the whale, you know, right. Daniel and the lion's den, every bit of that. So I knew all that, but I didn't know how to use any of that. Okay. Now, through that period, it, it transitioned. It didn't get any better. So although I had a relationship with God in the right. sense that I knew of him, I knew of Jesus, um, I didn't know how to use him, be able to, to establish, uh, I, I guess, less anger and a fair way to be able to get around it. So as I got older and progressed more out of uh, elementary school and got into junior high school, it only got worse. Gotcha. So tell us about that. What kind of happened with your anger and frustration? Because some of us might be sitting out here in sixth or seventh grade and you might be like, that girl just said something about my hair. I'm not going to play that game. It's no big deal. But then you see her in ninth grade, like, I'm going to kill that girl, right? Like y'all, girls, y'all get crazy. I'll just be honest. Y'all got to calm down sometimes with those things. But guys, some, sometimes when you get frustrated about something in life, like if you just let it ride and you just let it chill and just pack it in and pack it in, you go and y'all gonna kill me for this because I'm not that young, but you go like from like little mad to big mad, right? So, oh gosh, okay, right? But no, you get real, all of a sudden you just blow up and you get really upset. Tell us kind of how that happened. How, how did that build within you as you went from junior high to, to high school there? Well, I, I joined a youth group. 
All right, there See, we go. Now, now you think the story's turning and then there's going to be flowers and everything sure. else. No, 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 no. So I joined a youth group, and in that youth group, I, I found what I thought was safety within that youth group. Okay. So my brothers and a friend of mine, we participated more in that youth group, and we ended up becoming baptized. So all three of my brothers and my friend and I, we, we were all baptized, and that week afterwards was fantastic. Everybody's congratulations, great job, and everything else. But I still didn't know how to apply that, that, right. that outward expression. I still didn't know how to apply that. So things only really, honestly, got worse. Through the youth group, See, I was a smelly kid growing up. We were poor. I, got to, I was able to bathe once a week, if that tells you anything. I think some of these middle school guys did the same thing, though. Out of choice, That's on maybe. purpose, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's on All purpose. Right. I was forced in that way. Um, we had absolutely no money. I wore very large clothes, and the way I'm speaking right now is not the way I was speaking back then. Okay. So within that youth group, I was, I was criticized. I was ridiculed. I was made to feel like less than a person. Um, I left crying sometimes. I left so angry at that time, and we quit. We left. And this is at church. This is at church. This is on a Thursday night youth group after eating spaghetti and then going wow. and hanging out with the kids. And it got really wow. bad. There was, there was, we, we were not engaging at that point, and so I quit. I left. I left, and I surrounded myself with dangerous people. Okay. Worse people. People that would identify more with me. Okay. And honestly, those people that I hung around with formed into a gang. And I joined a gang. I was a part of a gang. And it was a, it was a bad decision, but it was, it was a decision that I made to surround myself with people that could protect me. Looking at me right now, you're like, yeah, right, whatever. You didn't, you didn't do that. No, I, I, I did. And, and, and it got dangerous. And the decisions I was making based off of anger and frustrations fueled a lot of what we did together in that group, in that gang. And I'm calling it a gang because that's what it is. Now, today's gang... Yeah, tell us about today's gangs. Today's gang, they're called keyboard gangsters. So you guys group up and you get in text messages and you get in social media and go at it. So you're almost more dangerous than what I was. Why, why is that more dangerous though? Because sometimes like on social media, you might say something or Snapchat, you might say something to a friend and you're like, nah, it's just words, it's no big deal. Why, 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 is, that so, why is that more dangerous than the gang that you were a part of growing because up? Because the tongue is just filled with venom and there's so many things that you can say to hurt somebody and you don't know how they're going to receive that. And, and, and with depression and anxiety that's going on already, when you say something to somebody else, in a way that's hurtful to them, especially if it's happening with multiple people sure. going after the same person, you have no idea how they're going to handle that. And a lot of times that does turn into maybe harming yourself or even worse than that. So, and you have no repercussions for it. You're on the other side of a phone, you're hitting that send button. Right. And see, back in my days, I hit somebody, I got hit back. It was pretty right to the point. Sure. Here, you send it, and what you just sent out there sticks, it stays there. <laughs> Right. You know, and that's where it's more dangerous than what I went through. So let me ask you this. Um, you clearly turned things around. Right? You got a beautiful and a wonderful family. Right? And you're here now. You're leading your eighth grade guys. You love them to death. Uh, what was it that, that changed? Because it sounds like you went from here getting hit when you're eight years old to stand up for your brother mm -hmm. to trying to get things figured out at the church, getting baptized, joining a youth group. The youth group did not accept you. Hey, y'all, there are people sitting next to us in our small groups, maybe a first-time guest tonight, that we do not accept for some reason. And he talks about how much it hurts. Right? So keep that in mind, all right, wherever you are. And you went from the youth group up, down, didn't work, and now you're in high school. And what was it that all of a sudden says, man, I'm going to turn my life around and, ch and make a big change? Again, this is not the point where I made a great decision. Sure, sure, it, we've it, all made it, Things we, got worse. So and the, what really kind of changes for me is I got deeper in with this gang. The first time I was shot at, shot at scariest moment of my life. I had to get out of it. Didn't know what to do in that situation except for go hide. Second time I was in the car after it happened, we got shot at again at a party. I get in the car and all I can do is pray. I'm praying to God. I'm like, God, get me out of the situation. I will change my life around. If you get me out of the situation right now, get me back to the house. I do not want to die like this. It's the scariest situation. I don't recommend it for anybody. Scary situation I've been in up until when I finally decided I was going to start making a change. I started working, stopped hanging out with the guys I was hanging out with. They kept trying to pull me back in. You can't just leave a situation like that. Okay, there's a lot of things that linger and right. there's a lot of anger that happens if you just leave a group like that. So they convinced me to come back with them again to go hang out for another party. And this is like just your group of friends, the, the, the group that you hung out with. The group right? that yeah. I hung out with. So I was like, you know what, let's, let's go. We're going to go to a party. We're going to have a good time. 
So uh, go to this party, and across the street was a guy that I probably had issues with in the past. I had beef with in the past. Um, as I'm walking up to the door, my brothers and a few of us, all of us are going up there, I feel something hit me, and it hit me hard, and it's not a feeling. Physically, got hit in the head. I didn't know what it was, and, and I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm sweating profusely, and you know, I'm on the ground. I'm just trying to think about it. I'm like, what in the world just happened? What just hit me? So I take off my hat, and something drops down on the ground. I'm like, okay. And I wipe my face thinking that it's sweat, and I got a handful of blood. I was stabbed in the head, which I never expected. It was a moment for me where I thought I was getting out of this situation, and then I somehow ended myself deep back in the situation. Here I am laying on the ground, and I had a, I've got a, I've got a, well, I had a knife in my head. It punctured my skull, and I had no idea what in the world just happened. Didn't you actually say that you couldn't get your hat off when you told me I this? I couldn't like, get it off at first, month. so it's like I, I yanked it off. Tried to take it off, but the knife was literally. It was in my head. Yeah, yeah, and it, I mean, it punctured the skull. It's not like it went into my brain. I'm good, but it punctured the skull, and it stuck to the point where when I got that, when I got my hat off, right. that's where it really started bleeding. If you ever been hit in the head before and bust your head open, it bleeds a lot. So at that point, I'm dying. Right. I just know I'm dead. I'm, I'm dying. I take my shirt off instantly, put it on my head, I apply pressure, I'm going in and out of consciousness. I don't really know what's going on at that point. And my friends, they take me back to a house and somebody calls my dad and says, hey, your son's just been stabbed in the head. My dad comes flying out there. He's like a few miles away, he comes flying out there and I get thrown in the back of a van and, I'm, and, and we're going to the van, my dad's talking to me, but the way he's talking to me is different from what I've heard before. He's very emotional at this point, which struck. I mean, that's something to me. Um, I knew how much I just affected my dad. I knew that what I just did and, and the life that I had been living affected him so bad I didn't want to go through that again. Wow. So, end up at the hospital, spend a day or so there. Sure. You might have a picture. I have a beautiful patch on my head somewhere. Yeah, there's one of these a, pictures. A, a wedding. It was a wedding picture, right? It was a wedding picture. It was, it was about a month before my sister was, was married. And, uh, of course, I had to be in the pictures of a patch And you're on my next to this. your dad and your grandmother, right? Is I'm that, next that... to my father and my grandmother. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So he's, like, on the left side of that picture. It, it, exactly. So, you know, we and got really close. it looks like it's, like, hair. It looks like he has, like, a little, <laughs> yeah. like, a little, uh, yeah. little just Tim, like, yeah, little patch up here, a little color a, or something up there, you know? JT patch. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a nice patch that's up there right now. So at, at, at that point, that's where I really decided that, that I, I need to change my life around. Now, I, I brought... God back into my life, and I really right. focused hard on that. But it was still failure after failure. I mean, I didn't get it right for years. I didn't get it right until my 30s. Man. It was a struggle. Right. And the whole time I thought, I was like, man, I got baptized. Like, so <laughs> Jesus, why didn't this get easy? Well, because I didn't know how to apply it. That was sure. the problem. I had no idea how to apply it. Sure. So that's what kept me doing the wrong things over and over again. Oh, yeah. So, so let me ask you this. Uh, for people who are out here right now, and they might feel like they have a little bit of frustration, uh, a little bit of anger, they might not think it's a, that big of a deal. Um, what kind of advice would you have for somebody who's out here listening right now? Because you went from literally getting hit in the head over a remote control car yeah. to taking steps and steps and steps again. Now you almost died at a party when you got stabbed, a knife was thrown in your head. Yep. Um, what would you tell somebody out here who thinks, nah, I don't really have an anger problem, a temper problem, any issue like that? Yeah. So the little Josh is out here, right? So the little Josh is. So yes. if I'm telling myself again, I'm going, Hey man, what, what are you going to do differently at that point? So I'm going to find somebody to talk to. I really am. And I know that's easy to say, you know, we have, we have impact leaders here. There, there's plenty of adults. There's plenty of even other kids that you can talk to, to be able sure. to get this off your chest. But you need to reach out and talk to somebody. If you're dealing with anxiety, you're dealing with depression. Now, if you're dealing with abuse, I'll let you speak on that. Yes, yes. That, that, that's something that needs to be brought to, let me bring it up to Chris. Yeah. It, guys, if y'all are in a situation at home uh, or with somebody that you love or friend, whatever it is, and if you are dealing in a very physical uh, abusive relationship or where you're being bullied or sexual abuse or any of that, Please let us know. That's not something that you need to just pack in and just, oh, I'm going to handle on my own. We would love to, to walk with you and help you with that. Let your small group leader know or let one of us know, and we will definitely keep that under wraps and just try and help you because that's not something you should be facing on your own. Absolutely, okay. and, and you need to know your triggers as well. Your yeah, talk triggers. about triggers because we're trying to give you guys like some practical skills here as y'all get ready to uh, – 
to head out, you know, and, and when that person who annoys you or drives you crazy, talk, talk about what a trigger is. What's yeah, a trigger? A, a label. We've all been labeled before. That's a trigger. When you're labeled something and you're told that's who you're going to be and that's something that you almost either live up to that label or you reject that label. I had to reject that label, which was you're going to be dead by the time you're 21. You're going to be in jail. Uh, even worse, you're going to continue this life of whatever you are leading. And it was a label that I, that I had to shed. And it's something that my dad put on me. It's something that sure. the people that I hung around with put on me. You got, people will put a label on you. Shed that label. If it's not positive, if it's not something that's going to build you up, shed that label. But that can be a trigger. Shaming is a trigger. Yeah. Social media is shaming, which happens a lot. Your it family. happens a lot of times when we know that we're doing it, no, right? You might no. comment on a picture and just be like, oh, ha, ha, you know, but you have no idea what that's really going to mean to that person, so yeah. Yeah, so family can be a trigger if there's somebody in your family, a family. brother or sister, which never happens. They never trigger anger. <laughs> could, could be... Could be a, a mother or father situation. Maybe things are going well at home. Sure. Those are triggers for step dad, you know, step siblings, whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, disrespect, anything that's gonna be physically or mental disrespect. Sure. That was a big thing for me back then. And of course, abuse, which is what we already talked yep, about. Absolutely. That is a situation that needs to be handled differently. But how I handle these triggers, number one, recognize the triggers. And if you can't recognize the triggers, find somebody that can help you recognize those triggers with you. Right. And then you want to, how you deal with the anger in the situation. Remember everybody would say, count to 10? I, I'm not going to tell you You guys ever that. heard of that before? You're like your mom or your kindergarten teacher says, oh, just count to 10, sweetheart. You're like, yeah. I'm not counting to 10 right now. No, that's the last no. thing. I'm going to count to 10 now. I'm going to punch you probably, but that's like the last. That, that defeats the whole purpose of, I, the, of the counting I to 10. I got to one when I was younger. I got to maybe <laughs> one. Go. Maybe one because I became the aggressor a lot. So it was one second and there that was go. it. There you go. All right. It's uh, game time. Let's but go. what I had to learn is I had to learn how to take a breath. In 10 seconds, when you say count to 10, in 10 seconds, you can take a breath. You can assess the situation and have a conversation with God. It is that simple. In 10 seconds, you can do every bit of that. And when you get to 10 seconds and you've gotten to that last part, we've had a conversation with God, but you're still just as angry as you were at one, you need to step away from the situation. Sure. We talked about how, yep. how the service, how Easter, the big event that we just went through. Yeah, tell us about from that. From the crucifixion all the way to the resurrection. Well, there was a point there before Jesus was actually captured that he had to step away. Yep. So much anxiety and everything. So he had to step away and pray about it. And it's not to say, oh, go pray about it and all your problems will go away. You still need to do something about it as well. But you have to lean on God. You, you absolutely have to go to prayer in order to be able to, you know, really remove yourself from that situation. So when you're in that situation, you get to 10, you haven't done it, you need to step out, step away, find somebody, get in prayer, do whatever you have to do that's going to be able to de-escalate the situation. Turn off the phone. Oh, yeah. That's Turn big. off the phone. Don't hit send button on what yeah, you're doing. Because when you send it, y'all, you can't get it back. And those things last. Yeah. Yeah. So and that, that's just, I mean, to me, those are the things that you do with anchor. Right recognize and then oh yeah then, absolutely and, and guys some of y'all might be like i'm gonna go lift some weights okay or some of y'all might be like i'm gonna go rev my truck right throw some ice you know whatever you get upset about um hey throwing ice yeah, yeah like that yeah. actually works just don't do it in your kitchen okay like go outside maybe to to um, the driveway whatever it is take ice and chuck it and throw it kick a soccer ball uh go for a run really like josh said Count of 10 is huge, but having a conversation with somebody, and it might not be the best idea to have a conversation right then and right there. Count to 10, breathe on it, pray about it, and then say, okay, yeah, I really need to talk to my small group leader. I really need to talk to them about this because it gets me mad, and it's a trigger, which means it's going to get me mad the next time this happens, and the next time this happens, and the next time it happens. And if you don't affect it, guys, if, if you don't change and actually address that, you know, like when you stuff it in, like, oh, I'm just going to talk about it later. Eventually, all of a sudden, you just go off. And that's not that's not healthy no. whatsoever. No, it's, it's it's definitely not. And and, and you know, there's going to be a lot of situations you're going to jump into. There's going to be a lot of these where you're going to fail at at that at trying to figure out how to count to ten to get sure. out of it. This is a process. What do they say? It takes 21 days to establish a habit. Yes, correct? absolutely. Whether you're in a group that's unhealthy, whether you're in a text message conversation that's right. unhealthy, and on a social media situation, you got to pull yourself out of it. And don't think you're going to pull yourself out of it for a week and go, hey, wow, I'm all better. And right. I'm changed. It takes time to establish a habit. You have to, you have to completely recreate your environment and get rid of what's toxic in your environment that's creating this anger, anxiety, frustration, the labels, things like that. And then you'll see within that 21 days, you will see that at some point, the environment seems more normal now. Oh, yeah. The old environment wasn't nearly as healthy. I had to do that. I'm, I'm somewhat successful right now, but I shouldn't be. I should be dead right now. 
right? That's crazy. That's you crazy. know, I should be worse off. I should be in prison right now. But I own a company, I have a beautiful family, wonderful friends that are here right now, a great group. And a lot of you I know, and, and my life is completely different than what it was because I had to change it. Right. I couldn't just sit in the same situation it was over and over and over again. Sure. That's fantastic, man. Uh, hey, I've, I've got one verse I want to share with you guys real quick. This was when I was in uh, fifth grade at Wesleyan. Any Wesleyan people out here? Woo! No, not one. A, a couple. Uh, Miss Eastlack, is she still there teaching fifth grade Bible? She taught it. Miss Eastlack, she was a teacher. Is she really? Oh my, I am so sorry. Okay, I'm just kidding. She was a really, really sweet, kind lady, but uh, just, yeah, I'm sorry. Hey, uh, James 1, 19 though. This is a verse, it's up here for y'all. Uh, it's a verse we had to memorize. And if you were in Bible school or in Sunday school, you know, Josh definitely experienced as well, like verses that you're supposed to memorize. And then we'd have a quiz the next day of, do you know what your verse is? Like word for word, what it is. And this was the verse. It was James 1, 19. It says, my dear brothers, and this is actually Jesus' brother who's, who's writing this, which is really, really cool. Uh, Jesus' brother says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to what? Become angry. And that's all I knew of the verse. So I'm like, okay, I always remembered that, but it didn't really help me understand why I shouldn't get angry because I get a headache, because I turn red, because I, because I pack stuff in and all of a sudden I go off later. Hey, I, I actually looked this verse up after talking with Josh and what's really cool is the second half of the verse, verse 20, it tells us why we should be slow to become angry and we should count to 10 like Josh says and we should pray for a minute and breathe for a minute before we do something. Because if you are not, if you're somebody who snaps like that with frustration or anger or whatever it is, what's going to happen is this. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. In other words, you're going to make a lot of dumb choices and you're going to say a lot of things that you probably shouldn't say. You're going to do a lot of things that you wish you wouldn't do. You can put yourself in situations that are very dangerous where hopefully you can get out of that situation one day. I know it might seem like a little bit of anger, a little bit of frustration right now. You might not think it's a big deal, but y'all, everybody has somewhat of a temper. If you start talking to me about Duke basketball, I will get a bit of a temper, okay? Just because we're, you know, people think they're better than Carolina for whatever reason. We're praying for you guys, okay? But everybody has a bit of a temper with something, okay? And I'm sorry if you don't believe that. We're going to work on you for next year, okay? But in all seriousness, y'all, it's so important for us to breathe, to take time, to count to 10, know what your triggers are, and really try and control that anger and that frustration before you turn green like the Hulk and hopefully you wreck Thanos tomorrow night, okay? Hey, now... Uh, but we want to continue this conversation. And Josh, I want to ask you one final thing here, man. Um, if, you could, if you could leave our students here with anything, in middle school or high school, if you could go back in time and you could give yourself some advice, give, your, give yourself some, uh, some words to kind of help you when it comes to your frustration, your anger, your rage, what, what would you want to tell uh, young Josh, like you said? Uh, I mean, uh, without repeating myself, what I would probably tell them, number one, be careful about who you're surrounding yourself with. Sure. Okay. And, and understand that the people that you're around tend to make you who you are sometimes and you don't even realize it. But, um, but, you know, repeating myself is, is, you know, know, knowing the triggers and then knowing where to go if you do have a problem. And then also knowing that you're not alone. I, I mean, yeah, I felt great. like I was all by myself. I had three brothers, two sisters and parents, and I still felt like I was all by myself right. because I put myself in that situation. And there, there's a point of accountability where you have to point the finger back at yourself and say, what part did I play in my failure or in the fact that I don't have that connection? Sure. And you have to ask yourself that, that, that question and give yourself a real answer. Don't point at everybody else. It's their fault. It's their fault. It's their fault. Right. You put yourself in the situation, whatever it may be. Point the finger back at yourself and say, okay, what, what role did I have in this? And then what do I need to do personally to change myself, become better? You, you got to point the finger back at yourself yeah. sometimes. I know it doesn't That's seem fair. That's always hard to do. Because it's not fair because somebody else did it. Yeah. But you were in the situation. So yeah. how, how do you change that situation? That's what you need to do first. I would do that more often because that has been very successful for me putting the finger back at myself. Right. Ask my wife. Uh-oh. I'm not going to ask her that question. No, but speaking of asking uh, you guys, let's continue the conversation with y'all. Do you guys have anything that you want to talk about or your leaders? Do y'all have anything that you want to share about when it comes to anger, when it comes to frustration? Um, anything at all that you guys and, would and like anything. to discuss? I'm not shy to discuss anything. So anything that you have as far as questions, I'm not ashamed of anything to talk about. So. And Whitney's going to help with the mic. Y'all give it up for Whitney. Woo! 
she really loves attention and applause and all that stuff. So, yeah. How old were you when uh, you got stabbed and all that happened? Because I think sixteen turned seventeen. So I uh, barely old enough to drive. And what's your relationship with your dad like now? So I, I love my father to death. And, and like I said, we, we had our ups and downs. Uh, whether it was the abuse, what would be considered now abuse or not, you know, my, my dad had to transition and he had to learn and he did. He's very close with God. Unfortunately, now he has Alzheimer's. So there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of forgiveness and I, I have nothing but love for the man. And we're extremely close through everything. So... We both had a journey. We both did, for sure. You had a question. So when you tend to, like, bottle up your emotions, you tend to, like, have random breakdowns just wherever you happen to be. What would be your advice what to do in that situation? Because it kind of takes you by surprise. It, it, it does. It does. And I still get them. So I don't want you to think that I'm perfect. I'm yeah, sitting up here going, with that. Yeah. oh, I'm, I'm, life is great. No, I, I do have those breakdowns sometimes. And I do have to remove myself from the situation. But again, it's asking myself healthy questions. And healthy questions are going to be stuff like, okay, you know, what situation am I in right now? What part did I play to get in the situation? And then how do I get out of the situation? You, you go to prayer. You pull yourself away from physically from the situation you're in. Or like I said earlier, turn, turn off the phone. But if you're having breakdowns like that, I, I found there's a lot of help involved with life care. And I'm not ashamed to say I went through life care to really deal with my anger issues and to sit there and be able to learn how to adjust those. If it gets to the point where you feel like it's uncontrollable, you definitely need to speak to somebody. I'm telling you, the, the advice and the help you get is fantastic. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much kind of how I handle that currently. Yeah, right and uh, just so you guys know, Life Care, it's, it's a whole ministry that we have here um, that will meet and will talk with you guys uh, and kind of continue a conversation that you might have with your small group leader, with a parent, about something that you're struggling with. Um, there is absolutely nothing wrong with life care whatsoever. Uh, my wife, Whitney, and I, we actually meet uh, with life care every other week just to talk about things in our own life, in our own marriage. So that is absolutely a resource um, for you guys. If, if you want to have that conversation, let your leader know, and we can definitely help you guys with some of that. So that's a fantastic question, though, Karis. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. How did you break the urges to get angry? I'm, I'm sorry, repeat that again? How did you break the urges to get angry? The urge? The how did I break the urge to get angry? Okay. That's a good question. That, that is. That, that's, well, you know, the, um, I saw how it was affecting, like right now in my relationship, let's say, for instance, with my family, my urge to be angry was not healthy at all. It, it affected my relationship with my children, it affected my marriage, and it affected my relationship with my employees as well. So the urge to get angry, I, I saw how it was affecting everybody else. So what I had to do is I had to step back and say, my anger, how is it affecting somebody else? What is the repercussions of what my action is after I get angry? If I punch a wall because I'm angry, because I have that urge and I didn't stop and count and think about it, I'm going to have to patch that wall and pay for it, right? Or worse, if I hit somebody because of my urge to get angry or I hit something, I have to deal with that as well. What are the repercussions on that? So what I would tell you is that the main thing that, the, that I think about when I have that urge to get angry is what what are the effects of that what are the repercussions of what i'm getting ready to do because i am angry because it is lasting and and there's there's some people that deal with that still right now with some lasting effects oh, yeah. of that anger yeah so it's a great question so you do, you mentioned uh how friends can define you and kind of help shape who you are how um how did you recognize that your friends weren't a good influence and how, how did you keep that going? I'm trying to think, how can we help identify the, the friends that aren't really good influence on us? Well, you, you know, and the problem is that you get into a, a denial because you relate with them. You recognize with them or they make you cooler in some situations um, or they make you feel like you're relevant. You know, based off their actions, whether or not that they are good for you or not. You can look at the person next to you that may be bad for you and you can pinpoint all the bad things that they do and if you can do that, then you know that that is probably a bad relationship to be in. Or if they're getting you in trouble, whether it's at school, with the law, whatever it may be, the fact is, is that you can see the traits out of that. And if you find yourself being different, you're not really being yourself. You're forcing yourself to be like the other person just to fit in. Those are all signs that you're probably in the wrong group. 
It should be natural. Your friendship should be flowing and it should be natural. Did you know you were in the wrong group before you actually broke off from it? So um, I was in denial. I, I was looking for people that I could relate to. And I was looking for a group of people that would help make me relevant and, and definitely trying to um, uh, just find, I guess, comfort in people that were going through very similar things that I, I sure. was going through. But I did recognize that they were unhealthy. I did recognize the, 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 the characteristics, the traits, the actions that they were doing. I did recognize that it was definitely unhealthy, but I didn't know how to leave. Yeah. I, I had no idea how to leave. It took a major action like what happened to me when I was 16 going on 17 for me to finally say, man, this is it. I almost died. I don't want to die. Yeah. You know? I, so that's, that's what it took. But it's, um, it's, a, it's a process because you can't say just because somebody did something wrong that they're right. a bad person. It's really going to be a history uh, involved with that. Yeah. A that's, yeah. That's, that's a really good point. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we've got a question right up here. All right. Um, how long or what age were you when you found the right group of friends? Ooh. That's really good. So I'll tell you, I was 18 going on 19, and I found my best friend, which was my wife. So Aww. she... It's okay. She, awesome. she didn't hear me. She wasn't paying attention. It's she, okay. said, she said, That's, what? <laughs> she said, what? <laughs> so it, 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 it really, it took her to be blunt and honest with me about who I was. And I made her, that was, that was the person that I was going to base all my other friends off of was her. Because she was real with me. She'd tell me when I do something wrong. Now, that doesn't mean I listen all the time. Let me just be clear about that. But she put up <laughs> with my anger. She helped me through it. And, you know, we've, we've, we've had our ups and downs, but a true friend is somebody that's going to stick with you through all that. Mm, and um, so I had to start with one and then build around that. Start with that one good friend and then build your relationships around that. So that's, that's but I was 19 years old, <laughs> 18, 19 years old when that happened. So Sure. And I bet, wouldn't you say that some of us right now in middle school or high school, you know, with small groups, with a small group leader or with their peers, whoever it is, like they probably have a couple people in your life already right now. Yeah. What you say? You probably have some really good friends right now, but the thing is, is that you're ignoring them for the other friend because mm -hmm. they, they may not be as cool, but that's okay. If, you're, if you relate to them and you feel comfortable with them, that's, that, that's a true friend. That's where you need to be. If they have your back, but they can also tell you when you're doing something wrong, right. that's a true friend. That's who you want to be around with. So That's great. Question you, here with Caleb. Do you feel that after-school activities can keep you out of situations that will trigger your anxiety and, and uh, anger issues? So, um, yes and, and, and no. It depends on who you're around in those after-school activities, what they are. Um, I know that Casey, my daughter, she, she, her after-school activity is soccer. So any anger, frustrations that she either would receive or that she would let go would be through soccer. Um, but they were still there. They were, they're, they're still kids. There's still the people that get around to help fuel some of that. But it doesn't hurt by any stretch. I think after school sports, getting into a group, whether it's a Lego group. I don't know if they even do that anymore. Lego group. Woo! Anybody. All right. So, so, Maybe like a Fortnite group or something. Yeah, huh? Fortnite group. Yeah. No, that's, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. Model All they're going to do is do that dance. It's not going to work out well. Nick. Yes. Nick. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it does. It does help, but you just have to be careful about it. And, and I will speak to that too, uh, Caleb. This is a great point. Hey, guys, if you play football or basketball or girls, if you play soccer or volleyball or track or softball or cheer or theater or whatever it is, hey, or dance, yeah, y'all are meeting people and you're growing with people right now like who have a similar interest in you. Like Josh has spoke about that. But you want to find people in your life and in your circle who have similar interests and in that are going to make you better. You know, so people on your team, I mean, you guys are fighting for something together, which is, which is awesome. I love that idea of the teamwork. Uh, it's a wonderful thing to be engaged in because if not, you're kind, of, you're kind of mingling and you're looking for a place to, to kind of fit in. So definitely look at your circles there. I think that's, that's a really good, good thing. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. Um, was it hard to, like, come out to your wife that you did, like, all of that? And how long did it take her to, like, trust you? It's good. I, I, was, I was completely ashamed about some of the things I did. And I hid it for a long, long time because I was afraid how it was going to affect me in my relationships or I, or I was afraid how it was going to affect me professionally. But the things that I did then helped shape me to the man I am right now. I've never been afraid 
to tell my wife anything that I've done. Now, she hears maybe sometimes different variations of the story, or she gets snapshots. Like, you just received snapshots of my story right now. My story's big. Oh, it is. These are just snapshots. These are kind of some similar highlight reels, and I can unpack it for whoever ever wants to ask more questions, go in more depth. I've got a lot to say. But um, it, it wasn't too difficult because she was such a good listener back then, or she had to listen to me because I ramble a lot. But, uh, it, but it, I did have a little anxiety when I did that. It was worse coming out to more what I would consider friends and being the fear of judgment because I lost a few friends when they started finding out what my past oh, I'm was. Sure. But the real friends that I have, no matter what age you are, the real friends that I have are the ones that don't judge me for that. If anything, they look at my story as an example or as motivation to kind of sure. get better themselves. Um, and I've got some really good ones that are in this room right now that, uh, great. that I surround myself with. That's awesome. All right, we got, uh, say we got a couple more hands here. When or if you ever got mad at God, how did you ever handle that? Ooh, <laughs> I knew that question would pop up. Yeah. All right. Well, God and I, we've got an interesting relationship, and I'm, I'm sure we can say that about a few things, but I blamed him for a lot until I found out how to take accountability for my own actions. God gave us free will, and that free will allows me to be able to make a decision. Am I going to do right or am I going to do wrong? So I can't blame him when I decide to do something wrong. That's, that's, that's on me. He's given me all the tools. He's given me a Bible to read. He's given me people to put in my life that I ignored and still made the wrong decision. So my anger with God... It was more of anger with me and the fact that I probably disappointed him more than anything um, because of the actions. I chose wrong rather than right. Yeah. Hey, guys, and if you feel angry at God, if you've ever been upset with God, if you've ever been disappointed in God, if you ever feel like God, you know, uh, let you down and you're ticked at him, hey, welcome to the club. Everybody's felt that way at some point, just to be completely honest. You know, like I think in, in any relationship with your wife, with your uh, best friend with your girlfriend with your boyfriend with your dad whoever it is any relationship You got points in your life where you're upset with that person and it's the same in our relationship with God Now don't expect for you to be mad at God and all of a sudden God say oh, I'm so sorry Mary I I need to fix this for you No, but but some of you guys might be upset with God for something right now in your life And you might be really mad at him for something going on. You don't know why it's happening and you may never know why it's happening until you can help somebody else who's experiencing some of the same things one day down the road, Josh was probably very upset with God with some of the things that were going on. And, you know, growing up and, and now look at him, you know, a couple years down the road where he's able to share. You see how I said a couple? You like that? He's just a couple. I mean, I'm only 25. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Now he's able to share some of that experience with y'all. But yeah. it, it is very, very normal and natural to be upset with God at times. Uh, but I would encourage you to have that conversation with God and say, God, I'm upset. I'm frustrated with this. Please help me to be encouraged. Help me to understand why. Don't try and hide it because God already knows what you're thinking. So, yeah. so I guess, do we have time for a few more questions? And then maybe I can set up for afterwards. For yeah, absolutely. To be available for anybody that has any further questions. Absolutely. We'll do uh, these last three questions. And then uh, we're going to get you guys uh, one more song and then to groups. So. What if somebody wanted to hurt and harm themselves? Somebody want to hurt and, help, uh, and harm themselves. That, that's a big question. That's a big question. There's a lot to unpack there that me personally, I probably don't have the greatest answer for you. I, sure. I, I think sure. So if anybody is, feels like they're at a point where they have faced stress, anxiety, a lot of heaviness in their life, and if they feel like their own well-being um, is at risk, then we would encourage you all to have that conversation, please. Let me know. Uh, let Whitney know. Let your small group leader know. Uh, and we will absolutely put our arms around you love you, encourage you, and try and help you with some next steps uh, because you're not alone if you feel that way. All right, that's the biggest trick of the enemy is to make you feel like you're alone when you're dealing with something really, really heavy, to hurt yourself or to you know, think about self-harm. So please do not be alone in that. Have that conversation. We can talk uh, momentarily, and we will absolutely help you with some next steps. And, and if you're truly in that situation, you're really not alone because a lot of us have gone through that. Absolutely. That thought goes through... And the action is what you need to resist on. And, and it, it's, it's a real thing. And again, that's about surrounding yourself with people, finding a group leader, an adult, somebody you trust and you can confide in. And don't be ashamed of it. There's nothing no, to be not ashamed of having that, those thoughts. You shouldn't be ashamed of it. You just need to work through it is what you need to do. Because if you get to that point, then you haven't worked through it. Right. And, and we, we can't let it get to that point. Yep. So, um, yeah, and know that you're loved. Absolutely. We love you.
Your leader loves you, and Jesus loves you more than anything, which is, which is really cool. So please, have that conversation, guys, if, you, if you're there and if anybody feels that way. Uh, two, last two questions, is that right? Yeah, one, one, two. Okay, last, yeah, quick questions here. Here we go. By the way, I, I like your shirt. I didn't even recognize that. I'm digging the shirt, by the way, yeah. That's, that's cool. <laughs> My chemical yeah. When you were with your when you were with your gang, did you ever like feel peer pressure to like do like drugs or like alcohol or like anything dangerous like that? Peer pressure. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Peer pressure is real. Peer pressure is powerful. And yes to all three of those. So I mean, from drugs to alcohol to smoking cigarettes. Now I think it's some electronic thing that you guys are doing. Oh man, I'm showing age. Vapes what is that? Jewels. Vape and jewels. Yeah. Wow. I thought it was a flash drive the first time I saw it. <laughs> yeah. I, definitely I was did. like, why is everybody smoking a flash drive? I was like, What's man, these on? kids are just so smart. They got all these flash drives, man. They must have walked around with papers all over the place. Okay, yeah. that's great. Good for them. Yeah. They're going to college. Exactly. Their peer, their peer pressure was real. And I did, I did experience that. I did go through that. And I did have to fight that off. That was part of what I had to do during my transition is to stop doing those things and stop being pressured into that. Look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a strong person. I'm a very strong-willed person. I got myself into the mess, and I sure as heck could get myself out of the mess. And that's what I had to rely on, is the fact that my inner strength is, is greater than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And by, you know, by, I guess, falling to peer pressure, it just made me weaker. And I don't want to be a weak person. Right. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's a real thing. You just got to be stronger than the people pressuring you or, or whatever the situation you're going to get into. But you're in middle school. Yeah, high school is getting ready to get real. You're going to have a lot of pressure. You just you got to be strong, man. I'm telling you. But you, so, if you have the right friends around you, if somebody really cares about you, they're not going to pressure you to accept you, to love you and say, oh, you're cool if you do that. No, if, they, if they're really your friend, they're not going to pressure you to do that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, okay, one more right here. We got one here, and then, okay, and then one in the back. Fantastic. So, how do we help people that are going through what you went through? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. The help that, I guess, the help that I would have wanted is a good friend to tell me I was doing wrong. Hi, baby. Is a good friend to tell me that I was going, <laughs> that I was doing wrong, and I needed to go down the right path, who was not afraid to tell me when I was doing something wrong. Don't reject those people. Now, the ones that are hurting you or shaming you and things like that, yeah. You know they don't need to be in your life. But the ones that say, hey, you know what? You're kind of being a jerk right now. Or, hey, you know, you're kind of doing the wrong thing. You don't get offended with those people. Those are the ones you think, and then you change, and then you look for their feedback more. Surround yourself with people that are not afraid to give you honest feedback that's going to be helpful, not hurtful. That's who you want to be around. That's great. Last question. We got Melanie all the way in the back there. All right. Okay, I work, oh, that is loud, at a very challenging middle school. So as an adult, because we have a lot of gang activity at my school. There's a fight every single day, sometimes multiple fights a day. Just surrounding yourself with the right people is not really an option for my students. Mm -hmm. What is the best way as an adult to help someone in that situation to de-escalate or channel that energy into a positive way? Okay, so me being in that situation because I went to a very unsafe school. Again, my school was surrounded with gangs. My school was not a healthy environment, and it was hard to avoid the conflict. But I didn't have a safe person to talk to. I didn't have a safe environment to jump into that I felt like was a safe environment, somebody I could open up to and ask for that help. The best thing I could tell you is be that, that safe spot. Be that person that they can come to without judgment. We do a great job of judging people for doing things differently than what we do. Yeah. But, but be, that, uh, be that, that safe place that somebody can go to, that person that they can speak to, without judgment, listen to them. And then of course, you know, the, the help, there's plenty of resources out there for that, but you can only do one at a time. You're not gonna be able to save an entire group, but one at a time makes a big difference. And that's how I was gonna say it one at a time. You yeah. know, I, I'm sure, Melanie, if you look at the whole school and you look at your kids, I know you, you got a huge heart for your kids, you love your kids, and you see all these kids struggling with stuff. Look at that one, right? Because Jesus went back for that one, left the 99 for the one. So if you be that encouragement and that light and that love for that one, you know, you're making a huge impact with them. 
and, and, and start there, you know, and, and, and when you invest and pour into that one, they can pour and invest into others, uh, hopefully, and they'll be able to have some other friends that they can help and support through that. Yeah, that's a really, really, really good question. Yeah, so thank you for asking that. Uh, hey, if you guys have any other questions, uh, Josh will be available um, after the last song and after the, um, we send you guys out. If you guys want to talk more with him, uh, you can feel free to do that. Please talk to your leaders, though, uh, tonight in small group time about anger, about frustration, about your triggers, about things right now in your life that you might not think are a big deal. Talk about that, though. Be open. Be vulnerable. Be real with each other because we all have something that will kind of get us going. Uh, but... Josh, thank you so much for sharing tonight, y'all. Let's give it up for Josh real quick. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for sharing, brother. It's awesome, man. And we're, we're going to pray right now, y'all, and then we are going to go ahead and uh, get ready to sing our final song for you guys, talking about fighting battles. Hey, and remember, y'all, as, as we get ready to go into prayer, uh, we need each other. We need our leaders. We are stronger and we're better when we're together. But y'all, the reality is we've got a Savior in Jesus, right? This is the thing that Christians have that other people don't have, you know, who is willing and ready to go to war for us every day to help us when it comes to that trigger, to that thing in your life that's so heavy, that's so hard, that thing that you can't get past. So um, we're going to pray and we're going to get ready to sing to him about that right now. Heavenly Father, thank you so much um, for Josh, for his story, God, for all that you've done uh, in his life. Father, thank you so much for his hard times that he's able to share here with middle school and high school students and leaders. God, I pray for those students out here right now who are dealing with anger and frustration and they think it's, you know, it's, it's just a way of life. God, help them know it doesn't have to be that way. God, help them to be brave, help them to be courageous, to try and surround themselves with a better crowd of people uh, that can help them to make decisions in their life. Lord, that will bring us ultimately closer to you. I pray for our high school students who are dealing with frustration and, and irritation and stress and anxiety and things in their life right now, and they just think they can just pack it in and keep it in themselves. I pray that they can be vulnerable. They can open up to the leader. They can open up to each other, God, and that they can be brave and know, Lord, that it's not just them fighting battles on their own, Lord. You and your son Jesus are fighting them with us. I pray that, God, we have that strength, Lord, and that um, we can ultimately come closer to you. It's in your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to get more information on Impact Student Ministry or The Summit Church, visit us online at thesummitchurch.net.